Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Kiandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And this podcast aims to create a safe haven through knowledge and best practices to help you flourish on your recovery journey. But before we dive into today's episode, a little quick mention about Flourish with Kiandra Coaching. So I offer specialized one-on-one coaching for those on their path to recovery. And I combine my personal experience, knowledge, and expertise to provide an empowering and a holistic approach to recovery. I'm excitingly going to be opening a handful of spots in November for one-on-one coaching. So if you are interested, please make sure to check the links in the podcast description and apply for one-on-one coaching. You'll get a free discovery call with me at a time that suits you, that you can discuss your concerns, your thoughts, and everything about you so I can best tailor coaching if you are interested. But I'm going to move on to today's episode and I'm so glad to have you with us today. Today's episode is a significant one. We're exploring a topic many of you have reached out about on my Ask Me Anythings on my social media at Flourish with Kiandra and it is about how to recover from an eating disorder on your own. So what does it mean by on your own? I'm going to explain that first and foremost. And I think there's two aspects. Number one, on your own could literally mean on your own. So maybe you are an adult or a, you know, um, a teenager, an older teenager living on their own without a support network around them. You might have just moved home or just moved out of home and you don't have a support network around you. I think that is your first thing of actually recovering on your own. But the second element of it is actually recovering without a support network. So a team, maybe a GP, doctor in the US and other countries, that would be, you know, your general practitioner, uh, a therapist, a dietitian, you know, anyone that could be part of your treatment team, you don't actually have that. And you are literally navigating recovery on your own. And this episode is going to help you start that journey and break it down step by step. So I think the first thing to kind of mention is you're never going to be alone on your recovery journey because there are people like me who have online community. If you message me, I will make sure I reply to you. It might not be immediately, but I'll try and get back to each and every one of you to make you feel less alone. There is a community out there on social media. If you follow the right pages, that can bring hope and community and a sense of belonging. So remember, you are never alone. And that is the case. Even if you feel like you're alone, you are never alone because in this world, we're in a collective consciousness of other people that can bring you hope and support. So I think that that's the first thing to mention is you are never alone, even though you might feel like it in that moment. Secondly, I think it's it's acknowledging that there is a problem and it isn't admitting defeat. You know, for instance, like if you think I've got a problem, I want to do something about it. It's not weak to actually reclaim your power. I think a lot of times people who are struggling with an eating disorder feel weak or the eating disorder makes them feel weak for actually admitting that there is a problem. But remember, that is the first step towards healing is actually acknowledging that something isn't right and you need to do something about it. 
And that could be through actually just sitting with yourself, journaling about it, understanding, okay, what problem do I have? You know, I I need help. And that is the first step towards change. And even if you're on your own, you can actually, you know, sit with yourself and go, I am not right. I need to do something about that. And with that, be gentle with yourself. This realization that you have a problem is really, really tough, but it's a massive pivotal moment of growth to realize that A, you have a problem and B, you want to do something about it. And I think the hardest part is realizing that something is wrong. You know, the next steps that come after it can be easier because you have that awareness there. It's the cycle of change. You know, the first step towards change is awareness. And and that is really having that acknowledgement and self-awareness is the first step, you know, that you need to get on to recover from an eating disorder on your own. Number two, educate yourself. And I am a big one of actually using logic and science to fight back against your eating disorder. And maybe it's just me, but I've spoken to coaching clients and maybe other people who've recovered from an eating disorder. And I think a lot of the time, knowledge is power. The more you know about your disorder, the more equipped you are to fight it. So the more you know also about how food is not damaging, food is not the enemy, the weight gain will not be forever if you need to do that. You know that food, all food is good, that there shouldn't be fears, like that actually your eating disorder is not out, you know, is out to get you. The easier it is to recover because when you have logic, you can kind of take that leap of faith and go, okay, I have evidence to back up my claim. There are excellent books, online courses, and even I try to limit kind of video content, but there are videos out there that shed light on the intricacies of eating disorders. That's why I do what I do on my social media is educating people that might be unaware that they actually have a problem. Because the amount of people that I know have commented on my videos or got in touch being like, you know, that that helped me have awareness because I didn't know I had a problem. So educate yourself. There are a lot of charities out there that have blogs, for instance, Beat um, Eating Disorder Charity in the UK. Also, there's Alliance for Eating Disorders, Centre for Discovery. There is a great book that I, you know, often cite a lot is Recover, Rewire and Rehabilitate, Rewire and Recover. That would be good if I remembered the name. That's by Tabitha Farrar and she has a lot of content out there and that is for adults recovering from anorexia specifically. But even if you're not suffering from anorexia and another eating disorder, there's so much information out there that is knowledgeable. I think you've got to be really careful with the sources that you're getting information from and make sure that it is properly cited sources, make sure that either, you know, even scientific papers can be great because actually you have studies actually backing up things. For instance, the Minnesota starvation experiment, that was a, you know, a scientific study. So there is concrete evidence and knowledge about actually how detrimental eating disorders are, some of the behaviors that you might display and how you potentially recover from it. And a lot of times it is that food focused approach at the start to actually get your brain that's to a more nourished place where it can actually logically make connections and recover. So that's knowledge. Knowledge is power. Number three, create a safe environment. So, you know, if you're living alone, I want you to audit your space, get your spring cleaning on. I know we are in autumn, but do a very 
delayed spring clean. If there are magazines, images, or anything that triggers negative feelings about your body or weight or food, consider removing them. You know, even being, get somebody like a friend or a close, you know, even a family member, if you have access to a close network to come in And if there is like calorie information that you want to be scribbled out, ask them to scribble out all packets, you know, maybe start covering up mirrors if you need to remove the scales, actually audit your space. So it's a less triggering environment, because if you're on your own, the eating disorder has more power, you know, somebody else isn't there to kind of come in and and remove things for you. So it's maybe asking somebody to help you or doing it yourself you know, speak to close ones about your triggers to help help them understand how they can support you and your journey. You know, just because you're on your own or living on your own or don't have a support network, you can still educate the ones around you to best support you. Because again, it goes back to knowledge is power. Get your loved ones to learn about eating disorders, learn about how others can best support you. Number four, develop a healthy routine. So Eating disorder recovery is about neural rewiring. It's about positive habit formation. And with that, and you know, you could say, you know, and I say this a lot of times, an eating disorder is somewhat like an addiction. You know, maybe they're not directly uh, attached or um, in conjunction with an addiction, but they have similar characteristics. So to get over an addiction, a lot of times it's about creating better habits. So when you're developing a healthy routine, start with small, consistent habits. So maybe it is about having breakfast as soon as you wake up, making sure that you get into that routine of eating, getting into your three meals and three snacks, reducing your exercise if you struggle with that, you know, actually getting yourself into a pattern of behavior. Now, you can't live in in structure and rigidity for the rest of your life because to some degree, that is also a manifestation of your eating disorder, kind of that, you know, perfectionist structured aspect. However, humans are creatures of habit. I know, like, if I look towards my parents or friends, you know, we all do have uh, a daily routine to some degree, and it can help us feel more in control. So rather than the eating disorder controlling us, we can control what we do with our day and how we can positively develop a, a routine. Another aspect of that is actually start listening to your body. You know, rest is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. But in recovery, I want you to listen to your body and rest when's needed. Eat when, you know, your body's hungry, even if that means that it is more than, you know, that you ever thought you could be hungry for. You know, extreme hunger is a thing. And if you've not um, learned about extreme hunger, I did an episode about my experience. So you might want to listen to that and actually how you honor that hunger and always prioritize your well-being. Your well-being in recovery is pivotal. Like it is the pinnacle of everything. You know, you need to put yourself first and that might mean, you know, taking on less responsibilities. That might be reaching out for support, you know, but especially as you're on your own, you have less fallback um, because the day-to-day you are on your own. You might not have a team to reach out for. You might not have that structure. So you need to put yourself first. Number five, mindset shifts. So 
I want you to use positive affirmations. So the power of positive affirmations is so, so important. Like reframing your thoughts is one of the keys. You know, replace I can't with I can and I am. So, or, um, you know, I can't do this is is a negative skew in your day. It's like, I can't do this. I'm never going to get better. It's It's basically giving up before the first hurdle feels hard to say I am enough or I am going to recover. Why don't you replace I can't with, I might not be where I want to be right now, but I know I'm going to get there. And it's it's okay to have hesitation. It's okay to have bad days, but actually start reframing the way that you speak to yourself because it gives your brain a powerful message that you are going to get there repeat positive affirmations to yourself, chant them, listen to positive affirmation podcasts. There is a lot out there. And consider mindfulness practices such as meditation, yoga, or simply deep breathing. It can be transformational. I love my little humidifier. I put like essential oils in it. I like smelling it. I'm a very like sensorial person. I think that's the word. So candles, nice smells, nice sights. Make your environment and your space healing, like a healing supportive space, you know, do the practices that make you feel most connected to your innate being. Now you do not have to do meditation if you don't want to, you do not have to do yoga, but power of breathing is a big one. We all have to breathe. So by simply shifting the way we breathe to more deep breathing can make us feel more calm. Number six, join support groups. So there is a lot of online forums, Facebook groups, or local or online eating disorder recovery groups. I mentioned some before, but Alliance for Eating Disorders have a free group. I think Beat uh, in the UK have a free support group where you can connect with others. Um, Sharing your journey can provide both, you know, hope to you and somebody else. I soon will be launching the Flourish Club community, which is going to be an online community with group coaching, a group chat, etc. And that will be in the next couple of months. If you are interested in learning more about that, I do have a waitlist. Well, you can apply to the waitlist via the link in podcast description. So that might be useful for you, but you know, actually try and surround yourself with people because if you isolate yourself, even though you're on your own, you're never alone. Like I said, it's actually reach out to others who are on that journey too. So, you know, you feel some hope and that you can connect and share your wins and maybe even share your downfalls because recovery is an up and down journey and that's okay. Number seven, continual monitoring and reflection. So I want you to write down your feelings daily, whether that be once a day or multiple times a day by like leaving notes with yourself. It helps you track patterns and growth. You know, there's apps out there. I think recovery records are really good one which is specifically designed for eating disorder recovery. You can track your moods, you know, you can track your food, maybe behaviors, et cetera, but it helps you to understand maybe what the downfalls are in your recovery. And especially if you want to reach out at 1.4 support from another person, it helps you also have that kind of trail of thought that you can communicate and be like, yeah, this is a summary of how I'm feeling. Number eight, I want you to celebrate every single win. Every meal you eat, every snack you eat, every negative thought you challenge, every behavior you you challenge, every thought that you reframe is a win. So you can create a reward system for yourself. I know it sounds very childish, but sticker charts or, you know, or even like a treat after reaching a milestone, you know, get that in place with somebody else, like a friend and be like, you know, 
I, I'm going to go out and buy myself a buy about like a, somebody's going to buy me, you know, a bunch of flowers when I am able to do this or just something that you can put in place that you're working towards. Obviously you don't want recovery to be conditional, but it's also okay to have a treat. Prizes and presents are there in life and they don't have to be conditional. It's about celebrating the progress that you are making because recovery is really hard. And especially if you don't have a support network. So, and that moves me on to point nine is reach out. If you're on a solo journey, it doesn't mean you can't ask for directions. You know, it's like, Google Maps. It's like you, if you've never done the path before, it's okay to go to Google Maps to find the directions. You know, whether that's a helpline, a friend, or even a professional, obviously it's not applicable for everyone, but never hesitate to seek guidance when it all gets tough. You know, that goes back to knowledge is power, but communication is key. Letting people know how you need to be supported. You know, when it's all inside your head, it feels so lonely. So don't let that voice overtake you and say that you aren't deserving of help or that you are too much and, you know, that other people don't want to listen because they do. You know, you will have people around you that care. You know, there might not be loads of them or it might just be one person, but there is always somebody that cares. There will be. So reach out. Don't let your eating disorder isolate you because they are nasty, you know, malicious things, illnesses that, you know, thrive in isolation. So please, please, please do reach out. And lastly, number 10, stay committed. There will be days of doubt, days where you might stumble, fall over. But remember why you started this journey in the first place. Visualize your best thriving self where you know you are at your happiest and that vision is achievable with persistence create a recovery goal chart or mind map or whatever you want to put it down on paper create a vision board and be persistent it is such a long journey is recovery because to some degree we're all on a path of life forever forever and ever. We're never our final destination. Recovery is part of it, but we will continue to grow and evolve and, you know, hopefully become better and better as we age. I always think the best things come with age, you know, and time. So give it time, be committed. Don't lose hope because when you lose hope, the end sort of wins. People are not going to lose hope in you, hopefully. Don't lose hope in yourself, please. I urge you, you know, to just stay calm, collected, and committed because you will get there with persistence. So they are my 10 steps to, you know, kickstarting recovery on your own or doing eating sort of recovery on your own. And to each one of you, whether you're, you know, starting or well into your recovery journey, there is hope out there. There is strength out there. You have it within you. You are a beacon of hope and strength. And remember, while this journey that you're on is deeply personal, you're not alone in it. The community that I hold is here with open arms and it always will be for you. You know, even when, hopefully when I'm old and grey, it will still be there somewhere online where you can learn and educate yourself and educate others because recovery is not a straight path, but a journey full of ups and downs. But remember to lean into the resources around you like this podcast. And, you know, if you did find today's episode helpful, please do consider, 
you know, follow in, recover to flourish. You know, each follow really helps and it amplifies my voice, reaching more and more people and hopefully making a difference in people's lives. And for those seeking that extra guidance, remember Flourish with Keandra Coaching, the application process is just a click away in the podcast description. You know, stay strong, keep flourishing, and remember you are loved and you are not alone on this journey. You are never alone. So thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to speaking to you in next week's episode. Bye.